Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Friday, February 23rd. I'm Chris Hardy. Today we're bringing you the third installment of our Black History Month special series, highlighting Black entrepreneurs across diverse fields every Friday in February. In this episode, we'll hear from Christopher Gray, the founder of the app Scholly, which helps young people access and receive college scholarships. But first, the headlines. In the face of the enormous public outcry after last week's school shooting in Parkland, Florida, the NRA is not giving an inch. NRA CEO Wayne LaPierre relayed much of the same guns, liberty, and constitution talking points that he and his organization have deployed in the past. Reusing quotes like, to stop a bad guy with a gun, it takes a good guy with a gun. Fred Gutenberg, the father of a girl killed in the Parkland High School shooting, told Senator Marco Rubio at a CNN-hosted town hall event that his response to the massacre, along with President Trump's, had been pathetically weak. Meanwhile, during a White House listening session with the surviving students and parents, Trump suggested arming trained teachers with concealed weapons. And Washington, D.C. is set to pay $3.5 million to the family of Terrence Sterling, the unarmed black motorcyclist who was gunned down by a police officer in 2016 during an attempted arrest for reckless driving. This is the largest settlement that D.C. has paid in a fatal shooting by an officer. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. If you don't know Christopher Gray, you should. Gray is the creator of the extremely successful app Scholly, which makes the process of finding college scholarships much easier for students. And he's got a great story. Gray earned himself $1.3 million in scholarships for his own college education. And it was this experience that motivated him to create Scholly while he was still in college. Scala gained particular attention after being featured on ABC's reality TV show, Shark Tank. In 2016, Gray was featured in the Forbes 30 Under 30 list of social entrepreneurs and as one of Oprah's inaugural Super Soul 100 honorees. Here's Vice's Gary Cook and Nakia Swinton speaking with Christopher Gray on his app and achievements. Christopher, to start things off, what is Scala? Scholarly is a mobile and web app that instantly helps students find scholarships for college. It helps students who are going into college, current college students and graduate students be able to find money for college. It turns the month of looking for scholarships into minutes. Um, we have helped over 2 million students win over $100 million in scholarships. So what drove you to create the app when you were just an undergrad in college? I personally won $1.3 million in scholarships myself um, going into college, but it took me about you know eight months to find those opportunities. I came from a poor family, and scholarships were effectively my only option. And, um, and throughout college, I was trying to help a lot of other students do the same, and I realized that 
this problem was really an epidemic and I wanted to leverage technology to, to really do it, to really start the company. So I developed the app Scholarly to help students find all this money that was out there because there's all this money looking for students and there's all these students looking for this, these scholarships and they can't find each other. And, you know, then I launched the app on Shark Tank and, you know, it's been just an uphill hockey stick growth from there. It's hard enough just being a college student. How were you able to balance your class load and also create this app? College was difficult for me. You know, I was taking five classes um, at the same time, you know, really starting Scholarly. So it was, it was difficult. But I think that something that we were doing was really, you know, teaching myself how to code and really surrounding myself with a great team that really helped me start to, to grow the app and, you know, and, and really take it to market. And with that, you know, we were able to kind of get to market in, in a short period of time. But, yeah, I was in my senior year of college when we were on Shark Tank and our site was getting hit 9,000 times per second. So it was a bit of a whirlwind. You pitched your idea for Scully on the reality TV show Shark Tank. Can you just tell us what that experience was like and how it helped you launch your product? Shark Tank helped Scully launch because suddenly you're you're getting um you're getting like 10 million viewers all at once and what happened is our site was getting hit 9,000 times per second and we actually Scully was actually during that time became number 1 in the App Store for both iPhone and Android. We were getting so many downloads. You know, we did partnerships with the White House initiatives. Um, you know, we had lots of different influencers. We did get a deal with two sharks, Damon, John, and Lori Grenier. And we started this really big fight on the show. And uh, and that just took us to the stratosphere. Um, and then after that, you know, all these really cool things happened, like Jesse Williams from Gators Anatomy has come on board. Uh, we've been chosen as one of Oprah's favorite people, Oprah Super Soul 100, and a bunch of other accolades. And I um, won a year ago the Smithsonian American Ingenuity Award. So that exposure really catapulted our growth and really allowed us to create something that's, you know, impacted millions of lives across the nation. That was the biggest fight on Shark Tank. And I know watching the clip that you weren't in the room when they were kind of walking out and everything. So what was it like to kind of watch that clip back and see like the sharks are literally fighting over you and your idea? When I first saw the Shark Tank fight, I was actually at my watch party. I knew that there was a fight, but I didn't know how grand it was. And I saw it with almost 200 of my friends at a party um, that I hosted, a watch party for Shark Tank that I hosted. It was an incredible moment. At first, I didn't know how to react. I'm like, oh my God, these people are fighting. And like, this is going to be negative effect my app because, you know, I'm, I have my CEO hat on. But I think that the conversation was really important. And I think that there was a lot of different elements to that conversation that was important regarding, you know, race and all these other things. And I think it ended up being a great opportunity for Scully. Started a great conversation. But I think it really, um, also showed how we're a company that's driven by impact and how, you know, a lot of the conversation was, okay, this company is doing social good, but it can it really have that, that strong financial success? And I think we've proven that time and time again. And, and I think that the sharks understand that now. It seems like you are just such a driven person. Where would you say that drive and value for education came from? A lot of it was inherent. You know, I've, I've been ambitious. I've been a straight-A student. I used to win all the um, competitions from karate to math derbies to geography, all of those different things when I was younger. So I think a lot of that's inherent. Because, you know, I get that question a lot. I don't think sometimes, you know, that ambition comes from, like, this magical place. Because I'm the first in my family to go to college, and I wasn't surrounded by, you know, college grads. I was, I was in a, you know, bad neighborhood. So I had to really kind of figure a lot out on my own. Um, but I think that that inherent ambition... But also me going to a good school and um, I was able to test into a magnet school. 
We had people come to my school who were college graduates who had good careers, and that exposure really opened eyes of, of what I could use, you know, my talents and abilities for. I think that was something that was, you know, extremely important there as well. But I, I think that also, even though my family didn't go to college, you know, they really instilled, you know, the ability to work hard, not make excuses, especially, you know, when your grades were bad or, or something like that. Because when you're coming, when you're trying to overcome poverty, I mean, you're doing a lot of systematic barriers, right? And I think that you have to kind of address those things, but you have to, um, and, and you have to just kind of work hard and work past them. And if I, and if I would have just said, hey, we're going through homelessness, we're, we're dealing with all these other different things, you know, I could have just gave up. But I think that knowing what I was capable of, plus seeing other people who've achieved what I wanted to achieve, whether they were fictional or people that um, were in my in my life, I think that, you know, those things really drove a lot of that success, a lot of that, a lot of that drive. And I think that, you know, it allowed me to achieve all these things. Like I tell everyone, I'm just 26 years old, so I'm still young and I'm hoping I'm still going to have a lot, a lot to do um, going forward. But I, but I think it's been a pretty surreal experience so far. You know, you mentioned that there are people in your life who showed you the value of hard work. There are people in your life who, you know, even though they didn't go to college, they, you had your role models. Who were some of them? The, the, ro- the role models in my life have, have been, one, my great-grandma, and she actually died a year and a half ago, and that was just such sheer work ethic. I mean, she worked till the day she <laughs> till the day she died, and on the day she died, she was still working and trying to um trying to stay alive, but also just still trying to really be a, a beacon of support for our for our family. And, you know, even though she didn't go to college, you know, she taught me the ability, you know, of working hard, loving, loving those around you. Um, and, and that work ethic, that nonstop seeing that at such a young age, because I had to, my mom was a single mom. My mom had me, she was really young. So my grandma, you know, my grandma had to obviously take care of me a, a lot. So I think seeing that was kind of my first step into work ethic. And then I had, you know, mentors um, through our college, actually mostly um, women, I think maybe, I don't know whether it's because I was a gay man or whatever, but I was surrounded by a lot of strong women who really empowered me. And, um, and, and you know, even though my mom had to work, I had a lot of people, including her, who were really there to be beacons of light for me. These were people who were professors, people who went to college, people who um, exposed me to different things, people from different races, different cultures, um, even some people from around the world who I was exposed to through different programs that really helped me. So even though they weren't billionaires, they weren't millionaires, I didn't have access to that, you know. I think that, you know, they showed me what I could be. And actually one of them um, recently passed as well. So I still, you know, try to live that. Like, because, I mean, I still tell everyone, you know, eight years ago, you know, was home, we were homeless, right? So having that encouragement is there. Because I think that inherent ambition keeps you forward. Um, and I think that once I got to college, you know, I, you know, I learned exposed to apps. You know, you learn about the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world and all these other things. But I think that having that guiding light and those beacons, kind of that, that North Star moment for me was, I think, you know, a powerful part of my growth um, and, and made me who I am today. So this is actually a special episode on this podcast for Black History Month. And I just want to know what has Scully's impact been on the black and minority communities? Scully has really impacted um, a lot of minorities specifically because, you know, we are part of a community that's, you know, obviously been um, the product of systematic racism and a lot of history. Actually, last um, this past weekend, um, we actually partnered with Chance the Rapper 
um, and we actually did our first scholarly summit in Chicago. And we um, and there were you know hundreds of different kids um, from Chicago who who attended the event. Um, and Jesse Williams and Chance actually hosted it. And um, so it was the first scholarly scholarship summit. And most of the students were mostly people of color from the south side of Chicago. And and in that moment, um, even though we've helped students a lot through our technology, that moment we were actually the physically manifest what we were doing. And and we see that because a lot of these kids, there's money out there, but they don't have access to that money, right? These kids are working jobs. They don't have access to a computer at home or internet, you know, so so them being able to use our mobile app that, you know, they can actually do the search without, you know, without internet connection and some other things, gives them the ability to be able to achieve and get access to all the money that they, they were going to give to. And we actually, in honor of Black History Month, we actually gave a ten, award a $10,000 scholarship sponsored by Scholarly actually to a, a young black girl who wanted to be a doctor. And we actually chose her because we started the event actually at 1 p.m. that day and she was actually there at 11 o'clock and it was really powerful and actually you know I was this morning I just shared um, a photo on Instagram was of her her reaction to the check of how it changed her life and this is a girl who's from the one of the poorest side of South Chicago and we were able to directly impact her life and something that we are doing actually going forward um, is that we've actually partnered with cities like Stockton the city of Birmingham Detroit Philadelphia places where there are you know a mass amounts of poor people of color um, people of color in general and we're going to start to par- work with our partners to create scholarships specifically for those students to um, to continue to empower them um, and, and really help combat those systematic um, that systematic racism and that adversity and that oppression and obviously you know with Jesse Williams on board that become you know that's even more amplified but I think that what what, what I've seen and, and what we're going to continue to see is that technology is really giving all these a lot of students access to things that, that you know they haven't had access to as well and scholar we're expanding you know right now we're focused on scholarships we're going to help students with their essays due to artificial intelligence and other things their writing and math and these things because I want to make any form of education that's key to a student's success accessible for everyone. Students shouldn't have to play Princeton Review and these other organizations hundreds of dollars per hour just to do things. You know, only rich kids can afford that. So I, so I think that Scholarly has had a massive impact on the black community, it will have a massive impact on the black community. And not just because we are helping them find scholarships for college, but because I'm a 26-year-old um, black man that, you know, that... <laughs> We know came from poverty and now I've built a tech company worth millions of dollars. And I think that that's also, you know, a, a, a beacon in itself because it allowed these students to not just see someone that went to college who went had a full ride, but also to see what I've been able to achieve. Um, and hopefully that becomes like a real key inspiration to a lot of people that we reach. So you mentioned these partnerships with different cities like Montgomery and Detroit. What's your ideal vision for Scali moving forward? My vision for Scholarly is based on the concept of opportunity for all, right? And we want we want to make sure everyone has access to a quality education, and scholarships are one component of that, right? So we realize that while we're helping a lot of students, you know, pay for college, we're realizing that a lot of students are struggling even to get to that point. And even if they get to college, they're struggling to succeed while they're there because they're not prepared. So really expanding, um, one of the things that we're really doing actually starting in March is um, leveraging artificial intelligence to um, incorporate programs to our to our into our product that will allow students help with their writing which you know the big partners of going to college you know essays and writing scholarship essays etc but also their papers because a lot of students can't afford all these tutors and these different things that help for the ACT and all that so we want to make that more accessible um, for that so imagine being able to um, upload any form of writing, any essay, all that, and, and, and have it all the issues in that fixed for you instantly, right? Um, and the same things for other things as well, and you not having to go to pay, you know, an absurd amount.
amounts of money for Princeton Review and all these other organizations. So I really want to disrupt that space, not from just a business for a business perspective, but a lot of students don't have access to these resources. And the only students who are able to succeed are people who come from money in a place of privilege. Without going into too much detail, I mean, I, I would say that we are looking to expand beyond scholarships and, and even expanding into um, helping students pay off their student loans using scholarships as well. You know, we want to help kids get into college. That's, that's going to be on the forefront of everything we do, but we want to make sure students who are in middle school, who are high school, are prepared for that and I'll make sure they're getting the resources they need to really um, to succeed despite poverty, despite not having access to good teachers. You know, a lot of these students have, it's one counselor to 200 kids or if they have staff school for tutoring or anything like that they can't afford private tutors so there's they have to stay out of school for an hour for one teacher to to you know mark up five things on their paper or help with three math problems so i think it's scholarly's duty to make that more accessible because these bigger companies are not going to do it they their entire business model is based around you know paying people more and a lot of these companies are founded by not people who one don't look like me but two people who don't have my background so they're removed from a lot of things that are going on you know i've actually had this conversation with a few of my uh, with a few of my friends who who come from a lot of money, way more money than um, I can ever imagine. But I and I think that what I've seen is that you know even when, when we talked about politics, who they're voting for, all these things, you know they're voting from a place of privilege and, and what benefits them, and you know and, and other things in their families, and that reflects in the companies they're starting. When you like, oh, I'm gonna make a seven hundred dollar juicer because that you know helps the, their people. Where you have people like me who's gonna make you know make education more affordable. No, if, if we don't do it, no one else is going to do because they just don't care. To learn more about Christopher Gray, go to vice.com. And stay tuned for another Black History Month special next week. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. See you Monday for another Vice Guide to right now.